The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. Four third test deciders loom in the Southern Hemisphere this weekend. And your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. It was fantastic to have the wonderful Mick Cleary on the pod last week. It was such an enjoyable conversation we had with him. And thanks to everyone who got in touch via the various means to let us know what they thought of that chat and also the instant reaction pod after England squared the series on Saturday night as well. You can do the same under the new episode page each week on The Raw or you can hit us up on the socials. Joining me this and every week, a man who spent the weekend contemplating whether switching allegiance to Wales might be more palatable than recalling Elton Yankees at 10. Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are you? How's it? Uh, well, that's a nice intro there. <laughs> For you've been, you've you, been uh, spared, though. You have been spared, though. I, 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 see that, I see that Andre Pollard has... Has, has been named there. We'll come back to that Springbok side because it yeah, has been yeah. named uh, just shortly before we record this uh, on Tuesday night. How have you been, mate? How's your week been? I've been good. Yeah, yeah. When, one of the highlights of the last weekend was um, when Peter Omani said to <laughs> Sam King that he was a shit Richie McCall. And I started thinking, and as you know, when I think it's dangerous, but I um, mm. started thinking about all the different players on the teams that could be a shit other player. So here's mm. what I got. I'll do it quick. James Ryan is a shit Paul O'Connell. Yeah. Uh, Bongi and Banambi is a shit Malcolm Marx. Yeah. Johnny Hill is a shit. Um, <laughs> Rob Liotta is a shit Pete Samu. Yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan Biggie is a shit Finn Russell. Yeah. Uh, Finn Russell is a shit Finn Russell. Uh, <laughs> Nico Sanchez is a shit Hugo Porta. Mm. Uh, Lapis Labaskachni is a shit at being Japanese. And uh, you've, given this, you've given this Paul Valimsa <laughs> is a shit Paki's Porta. That's it. I think this is actually, I think we should have as a ritual every test now, everyone should, you know, name who is the shit other one. I, I, I actually I actually went through numerous clips trying to find that that little <laughs> jive of Peter Omani that was actually clear enough. It was I mean it's a great line as far as rugby international sledging goes. But anyway, uh, on to onto this week's guest then, um, and it's someone who's ridden the ups and downs of Eddie Jones England since day dot, and more than a few coaches before him as well. The Raw Rugby Podcast. To the pod Sydney studios we go this week, from where it's a very warm welcome to another giant of the English rugby media fraternity. He's been with uh, with the, the Guardian for more than two decades, and it's our pleasure to have on the Royal Rugby Podcast, the Guardian's rugby correspondent, Rob Kitson. G'day, Rob. How are you going? Hey. Oh, good to be here. Good to be here. Very exciting. Very exciting. As I say, continuing that theme, I think you got a shit Mick Cleary. You had him on last week, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a you know, very poor substitute. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll pass final judgment toward the end. Uh, now, I, I, you've been... Um, y- You've been somewhat stitched up by uh, by a, a somewhat mutual colleague of ours, um, Rob, and I. I won't I won't throw Jeff Park straight under the bus, but he just said to ask Rob Kitson when he finally comes on what it was like rocking up at the Yokohama Stadium for a World Cup game last uh, last year, only to find no one in sight. <laughs> well. <laughs> I think you're fine. There's a bit more. It was. It was. There's a detail. Detail. There is. Um, there uh, is. It, was, it wasn't the final, and it was, did involve Stephen Jones, who was supposed to be the nominated uh, uh, navigator for that trip. So, if I just leave it there and say that there's a few more details that maybe Jeff needs to be filled in with next time. Yes. Yes. And and a few more Yokohama stadiums, as it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Big city. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, you you wouldn't have been able to make the um, the trip to South Africa last year for the the Lions tour, would you? So so, what's it been like to to actually cover a series on tour again as you have this year? Well, funny enough, we, we were in South Africa, but it was such a, an odd experience. It was like a sort of a halfway house, to be perfectly honest. We mm. we we I can honestly say barely barely spoke to a player live in person clearly for the whole trip so so no it's been lovely coming down i always love coming to australia um i, I was here as a 
sort of a student backpacker and uh, all sorts of other things in the in the 80s so uh, no I, I love it and uh, always good to be back yeah no 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 doubt you've, you've enjoyed it and certainly been some there's been a lot to talk about uh, it's been it's been a fantastic series uh, you know just with the results never mind everything that's going off the, or going on off the fields injuries and all that sort of stuff where we're, we're going to go into Australia and England now and we're going to get to the other deciders um, in the next segment and so we'll start where we start the pot every weekend uh, every week Rob what stood out for you uh, from the second or from from last weekend's uh, round of, of, of second tests across the board well, it's it, it'd be unoriginal to say that, you know, the scoreboard, you know, you don't often, yeah. in fact, never see 4-0, do you? Uh, that, that, that if you write them down, it, I, I'm, I'm surrounded by experts here, clearly, but if, if we'd all written down our <laughs> predictions uh, for, the, for the four games, uh, I wonder how many of us would have had 4 nothing on the, on the board. And that's, and that's the great thing about sport, and it's the great thing potentially about rugby, isn't it? Um, yeah. You don't quite know. We all think we've got half an idea, but actually you don't quite know. And that's, I think, was the beauty of the weekend. We can go into it in more depth, but I, I think mm. just the fact that one side, side A can beat side B on any given day, I think that that adds a, a real something to, to rugby's appeal, I think, certainly yeah. Yeah, for neutrals. I saw it. I saw it written just somewhere this afternoon on on Twitter, and I can't for the life of me think who who wrote it. But they made exactly that point that if you throw in Japan's pretty good performances against France, we've now got a top ten who on any given day could beat anyone can beat anyone, and you can't ask for much more than that. Twelve months out from a from a rugby world cup, can you? No, I mean you 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 go a little bit further into it, don't you? When you look at the the draw for the rugby world cup, and then you see that four of those sides are. Uh, you know, Indeed. only two of them are going to get out of the quarterfinals. So um, that that possibly is a as a subject again we can get on to about why you hold the, the Rugby World Cup draw so early on. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I I I'm all for it, and I actually controversial or not, I think the right team is at the top of the world rankings at the moment. I think France are are the best team in the world yeah. at the moment. Um, and I I don't know. We'll uh, <laughs> this weekend we'll we'll we'll, we'll sift out the, the the teams below that certainly. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's certainly all bubbling up nicely, isn't it, with the World Cup uh, yeah. next year? Certainly is. Certainly is. Harry, what stood out for you? Well, I suppose what stood out for me is the parity of the teams that, mm. um, and part of that is that is born of the fact that they're all kind of incestuously mixed, right? You have Welsh coaches. On um, on the Springbok team, you've got um, mm. a Leicester player, Tommy Raphael, uh, who was a revelation. Sorry, um, who actually plays, you know, with Jasper Visa at Leicester. Uh, everyone's got inside information on everyone, so all the yeah. teams, the coaches have shifted. This coach used to, you know, coach here and there, and and so there's not there's no deep dark secrets anymore in world rugby. Um, I would imagine like that's what make lineout calls so special nowadays. And if someone can destroy another one's lineout, it decimates them. Um, I guess the other thing as a big theme, I know we're going to go into players, but is the role of the cleaners. You have to clean your rucks nowadays. Uh, it's all important that you have the speed at the ruck. Uh, and if a player like Tommy Rafael, who really is the, the player of the series in Wales, South Africa, can just mm. kill one of you know one of five of your rucks. That's enough to kill an attack. Yeah, and uh, you see it with you know young players, experimental team, the box used. They didn't come on the right side to clean. You you saw it in Australia, England, where they were just unable sometimes to put things together. And I know the fan was screaming at the TV, "Why why can't you you know get Marcus Smith playing?" Well, none of them can play unless they have quick ball. So I think yeah. that's the second week was the adjustments of all these inside information players and coaches. And that sets up a mouth-watering third test where now everyone can put all their applications in and their systems in. Yeah, it's it's like we've had um, it's like we've had two weeks of warm-ups and now we've got a <laughs> winner-takes-all weekend across the, across the board. It's fantastic. Uh, my hero for the weekend is Eddie Jones's mum, who made a fantastic appearance uh, at his press conference uh, on, on on Saturday night after the Brisbane Test. I love my mother bringing me up in the morning saying, are you getting sacked? Are you going to get sacked? Are you going to get sacked? When are they going to sack you? When do you have to move? Are you going to come back to Australia? Come back and live in Randwick? So I love that, you know, my poor mother. I mean, <laughs> poor my poor mother. I mean, Rob, as far as sign-offs go, it was a 
it was a great line, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you get the impression that that Eddie he doesn't listen to many people, but he but he does listen to his mother. I, yes. I, I, you know, we always we always wonder about some of his stories, and you know, he, waitresses in the coffee shop are saying this and that to him, and we're we're never quite sure. But I I think that I, my rule of thumb is that anything he says about his mum is true, and everything else is probably false. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, that's, that's a yes. good rule of thumb. That's a good rule of thumb. Well, even just in that press conference, he went from. Uh, having a shot at Will, Will Kelleher from the Times about something he re- wrote the previous week, but then not 10 minutes later was trying to say that he didn't read the papers. So, <laughs> and he was back at his, he was certainly back at his best, wasn't he, on, on, on Saturday night. Let's, let's get into it, Rob. What, what did you see as, as England's big improvement um, from the first test? And could, had you seen it being worked on during the week? Well, it, 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 it was pretty obvious, wasn't it? That first half hour at the, the forwards suddenly, it was almost like you sort of a flash of steel almost, you know, that, that, that mm. actually England haven't shown really consistently for, for a while. And I think, I think that's what they're most pleased of, you know, pleased with, sorry. Um, that's what they were lacking, frankly, in the first, in, in the first test, weren't they in Perth? They, they fancied getting on top, really coming out with a bit of a rumble and, and it just didn't happen, did it? And, yeah. and I think this time around, you know, when you're 19 points up, yes, yes, Australia, don't get me wrong, they, they could have won that test and actually that line out in the second half, you know, they got that and mm. ifs and buts and maybes, but they, they just in the end had too much to catch up. Um, so, no, that was a big improvement. I think there'll be, uh, the acid test will be whether they can do it two weeks in a row, which which hasn't always mm. been a strong point and for longer than half an hour, frankly, because they they, they, they swayed and rocked and rolled a little bit. I mean, it, it'll be also be interesting. They haven't got Mario Toji this week. They haven't got uh, Sam haven't Underhill. Sam Underhill, yeah. Got, Tom Curry, and if you're talking about the sort of players who, who make that sort of impact, you know, at the breakdown or, or, or in those sort of areas, unseen areas, then you, you, you've got two or three really quite influential players there. So they've got to replace yeah. them. Well, well, so we know, we know Jack Willis will likely come into the frame for, uh, for, for Sam Underhill, but what are they going to do without Atoji? Is, is now the time that Courtney Laws moves sideways in the second row, or is there, is there more locks that we, that we don't know about? Yeah, I, I don't think, I think, you know, these things are always a little bit up in the air, but the sort of indications that I'm getting certainly at this stage are that uh, Courtney will stay where he, where he is. Um, yeah. They'll go for this young Ollie Chesham from Leicester in the second row, potentially, potentially. Um, and I think they'll go for Lewis Ludlam in the back row. I think they, he, he's, yeah. he's actually done really well in the, uh, in the first Coming first off the bench, chess yeah, match. true. He's, he's that sort of, you know, busy all action sort of player. They're going to need somebody to get around. Uh, Chesham is a is a sort of modern sort of lucky. He's a tough he's a tough boy. Uh, still very young, still very inexperienced. But I think they really mm. like the look of him. Um, and so, yeah, I'd have thought you'd have somebody like Nick Izyekwe who'll be on the bench potentially from Saracens. Um, and then, yeah, I think you'd be on the bench. He obviously dropped out just before, before the game last week. Yeah, yeah, uh, Harry Billy Vinopolo was enormous at, at number eight. I'm sure he. I'm sure he sparked your attention up during the night. Yeah, he is enormous. And I think he's eaten a lot in Australia. I think he started the tour at, you know, 110. <laughs> That's how he got back in the England frame. And now he's packing it back on. But, you know, England had a cavalry charge. Uh, they, they got yeah. rid of the uh, Latinate Norman three-syllable attack where, uh, you know, it was all prepositions and adjectives. And you didn't know if Marcus Smith was, you know, the heir apparent. Now it's like, who's your daddy? Owen Farrell's your daddy. And yeah. they brought they brought a much more narrow, solid battalion Saxon smash. It was one syllable rugby. Uh, we're coming down the pike. Michael Hooper is not big enough to stop yeah. Ellis Genge, and we're going to keep doing that sort of thing. Now it's concussive. I mean, and I'm saying that literally, but also literally and figuratively. Yeah. And so people are dropping like flies. I don't know if there's any locks left on both sides, but um, in the end, England has more horses, and and so if you're having cavalry games. You would think that that would be that would favor England, I suppose. Um, you know, believe Vinopola is a you know monster carrier. I think Lewis Ludlam was a good carrier, uh, Rob, yeah. and I think that might be in a way an upgrade because for all of Marowatoji's incredible world class gifts, he's not that great a carrier. Uh, he's more a defensive player, and um, so yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see who carries the most. Uh, the Vinopolas do break down sometimes. And it looks like in this series, it's going to be last man standing. So, you know, it's going to come down to fitness and nutrition and, and who's, who's fit. 
Well, and I think from from sitting here, last man standing, you're talking about the Wallabies have got a real issue there, haven't they? Um, yes. You know, they're down to the, what, the sixth or seventh choice locks. You know, you, at this point, wouldn't you love if they, <laughs> I'm sure they could love to whistle up Will Skelton or something out of, out of <laughs> his uh, hammock in La Rochelle or the Arnold brothers or whatever it might be. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, they I, th- I think if you're England, you're looking at that and you're going, blimey, you know, if we're feeling a bit sore and tired or, or a bit short of one or two, then hang on, look at, look at the other lot. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do think it's going to come, come to that. I, I just picking you up on just something you said a little bit earlier. I, I'm still not sure, you know, this Owen Farrell, Marcus Smith thing and all the rest of it. And, oh, you know, yin, yang, rah, rah, rah. In the end, they'd both fly halves, you know, and and you yep. you pick one and and, and the others are back. I I I, I think they're only yep. playing together because England haven't got another twelve at the moment. Another um, inside centre, so, yeah, yeah. You know, if, no, this, if it's me, if I, you know, I, I, I'm not coach. You've got to be. You can only work with what you've got. But uh, to me, it, it's sort of chalk and chalk and cheese, and 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 they don't always go together. No, we we've been banging on this. Pod's been on that theme for a long time which is mm. just pick your fly off and then you know pick a real 12 we've never believed in owen farrell defending the 12 channel and i know people say you can work around that but it's really two or three times a match if your 12 is deficient in defense it's a huge hole when you're playing summer credit. and um mm. so I, I do think owen farrell is a good 10 he's a solid 10 he distributes in the england way i don't think um we've seen marcus smith play harlequin rugby yet because you know, we, the we definitely have ingredients, but the ingredients of Harlequin rugby are very different. You know, you have yeah. a Don Brandt and a Kerr and a Esther Hazen around uh, Marcus Smith, and you also have uh, an idea of Marcus go create, and that's not happened. So, in, to me, it's wasted space. I still think he's tentative around Owen Farrell. You know, in the England squad is feralized, and the whole thing, you know, has to be deferalized. Or they're mm. going to stay, or, you know, if they want to go really feral, then go with Marcus Smith. But mm. for me, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, or, but it's working if they keep it very tight, narrow cavalry charge. Because like I said, I don't know, Australia has enough stopping power, right? And and um, you look at guys like Rob Liotta, you know, you want to see more of him. Uh, and so for me, I would yes. throw in a Harry Wilson, a fresh Harry Wilson, who's a, you know, he... He's never going to die trying, you know. He's no. he, he, like he, he or wondering. He's going to go come at it. Eighty minutes. Uh, he won't go. Dis, he won't go disappearing on you. And, and that's. I think that's probably been maybe the one failing of of, of the Wallabies' ball carrying, uh, particularly in first halves this series, is that we we really haven't seen the the likes of Leota and, and Rob Valentini and Samu Karevi and and whoever it is. We haven't seen them lining up. To try and split that 10-12 channel, it should it it should be, it should have a massive target on it, but but the Australian carries just haven't gone there, and so it was interesting for me, Rob, to hear Eddie Jones on, on Saturday night post match, and he was, uh, you know, he, he he absolutely backs Marcus Smith to be England's ten going forward, and he said he's doing plenty right, and where we played more the way that we wanted to play tonight, yet Marcus Smith on Saturday night in Brisbane ran once. And England as a team kicked twice as much as the Wallabies did and twice as much as England did the week before. So this felt like a real shift back to, you know, Owen Farrell rugby. He, he played first receiver a lot, didn't he? I think there's two or three things to say. Firstly, you know, England probably wouldn't have won without Owen Farrell, would they, at the weekend? No, of no way. You know, they, they were, they, he held that together very solid. You, you can't take that away from him. I'd also say that actually take the captaincy away from him, funnily enough, be like Joe Root in the cricket back in England. Um, you know, he, he seems a, a happier, probably the wrong word, but he, but he, but it, it, it's freed up something, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. certainly in here. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think that's interesting. And just going back to your point about Wallaby ball carriers, you know, that first test, Pete Samu scores that brilliant try. Yeah, um, uh, you know, with, with a footwork, and and we all went, blimey, where's this bloke been? And we haven't seen anything like it in the rest of the series. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and that's 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 what I say. It's it's probably been their the biggest failing. I mean, and and once again, the Wallabies found themselves without ball, found themselves defending almost exclusively for the first half an hour to the point that it was what sixteen nil after twenty three minutes, and that's that's a, that's an awfully big margin to pull back at the best of times. So, what has been? I'm intrigued to to, to hear your points on this. What's been the English view of the Wallabies this series? 
well, I think you don't need to go very far. I mean, if you're going to pick the player of the series now, this second, you know, without, let's say the third test is washed off or something, um, then you'd, you'd be going, well, Karevi's been, you know, Karevi just looks a class above mm. any other midfield back, doesn't he, we, that we've seen. He just looks really, really, really good. And he's obviously, a, there's no surprise to that at all. He makes a difference to the Wallabies when he plays. I, I've got to say, I really like the, the look of the your number eight, that Rob Valentino. I think, I think he looks he looks um, a really really good prospect. I really like that look of him. Um, the rest of just you know they've just been broken so quickly, haven't they? And, mm. and, and gone off. You know I feel really. I mean, Corabetti clearly is 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 a, is an excellent player. I I, I just I, I you know you just want. I I've, I've seen real for me certainly good signs of, of of promise from the Wallabies. There's a bit more depth, isn't there? There's a bit. There's a few decent young players coming through. You know, it, it it just might take a little bit longer. You 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 sense. Mm. I don't I, I don't know. Maybe by this time next year, as I say, get a couple more boys back. You know, you're you're thinking actually, um, Dave Rennie. You know, he's he's no fool, and it, it looks to me like he's calmly building quite a good uh, quite a good you know team mm. ethic there and, and and a culture. And and I no, I I think they'll I think they're on the, they're going in the right direction. Whether the, whether they're quite uh, you know the mid part or upper part of their journey yet, I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's going to be interesting, and, and it's we've we've touched on the injuries already, and and um, and you mentioned we're probably down to you know fifth or sixth choice locks. Two weeks ago, I was actually pretty pretty content with the state of Australian locks. It actually felt like we're, we're well served there at the moment, and there was even a bit of debate about the guys who were maybe unlucky to uh, to, to not be in an Australia A squad at the very least. But all of a sudden, and it would be the same of most teams in the top ten, a couple of injuries in the same position. And anyone, Harry, can can look a bit vulnerable, can't they? Yeah, but as you know, I will say before the tour started, I said Australia was light on locks. I mean, it's yeah, more a quick question of caps. I mean, Matt Phillip uh, is a one man gang right now. But it, so the thing about launching attacks, you, you talked about splitting the 10 12 channel. You have to have line out ball, really good line out ball to do a lot of those working yeah. out because that's where you do your planning. When you're yeah. in ruck, 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 face, 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 kick before you get turned over. It's too frenetic. It's like you're in a washing machine. But if you're in line-out ball, you get to say, I'm going to run this line and you're going to come across here and you're going to do an unders line. And so it's um, Australia has been hanging on just to get a line-out finish, to be fair. So as most so most of the teams, but it's really, uh, it's anxious. You know, you're waiting for, mm. <laughs> you're waiting for a good ball. And so I think having more locks was critical. You know, I know now it's, you know, we can look back and say Quade Cooper, you know, was crocked, but in reality, in a long, in a three-game series, it's going to be your big guys that go down your props and locks. Yeah, I mean, statistically, they're the ones that are going to be injured. You have to have four uh, locks. You yeah. cannot come in with with three experienced or two experienced locks. It's not going to do it. No, and coming in with three and 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 two debutants in Caden Neville and Nick Frost was was certainly a bit of a risk for as good as those two guys have been playing uh, this year. I'm interested. Rob, how much pressure is relieved on Eddie Jones after the Brisbane win and how could things change with either result uh, in, in Sydney? Is he, I think everyone accepts that, that, that there's not going to be a change, but if he happens to win the series in Sydney, does he get a fairly comfortable ride into the World Cup next year? And conversely, if, if the Wallabies happen to win this, is it just going to be ramped up? I think I think it's really interesting all this, isn't it? I, th- I think there's no, you know, nobody should be judged on one eighty minute period of rugby. That you know, we're, we're not yeah. none of us are naive to say to say, oh, it's just oh, if he wins a lot, you know, it, it's you know that sort of football talk back in the UK, and it's in the end, it it it, it shouldn't really apply. That said, it was a massive game last last week because you know had they gone two 0 down, had they lost a series three 0 and it doesn't matter who you are, you know, you, they, yeah. they, they would have, um, you know, it would have been a good old, I think it would have been seven out of nine if, if they, if it had been three nil, seven losses out of nine games, you know, and that, that sort of thing is, is everybody looks at the scoreboard and, and Eddie more than most. So here we are, it's one all, um, let's say they win the series two one. Well, that's a, that's a really good result from where they mm. were a fortnight ago or after the barbarians game or at the end of the six nations. So you, you, you have to, um, you know, we, we. I know sometimes people always don't think, don't always think it, but we're we're reflecting what we see, what we hear, what you know, what 
little experience some of us have, you know, you're comparing it with how the team has been. It, it, it's never anything personal with Eddie. Uh, it, mm. it's, it's a purely objective view. And, and actually, if you've been objective, England have underperformed for, for a while. Take the odd flash here and there. They haven't put in those sort of dominant, convincing performances that actually they should have a, a, just a little glint of in that, say, in that first half hour. So in answer to your question, uh, if they were to win the series, go home, couple more players come back in uh, and they have a strong autumn then yeah you know it's a different mm. it's a very different outlook isn't it yeah certainly yeah you know, rob one thing is uh it seems like of all the top 10 teams that eddie is the least certain of his starting 15 in a knockout world cup match right now it seems like every other coach kind of knows what they want but they might be injured or something if i still feel like in in eddie's case the back line for example like, I really don't know what he wants uh, besides Freddie Stewart and Owen Farrell. Um, do you think that a win would help him solve that? Is he looking for a moment where people are under stress and he sees who performs? Is that what he's looking for? I'll tell you what we were joking today is that, you know, it's the, it's the 2048 World Cup and, oh, don't, Manu Tuolangi is 104, but he's, you know, he'll be, he'll, be back next, he'll be back next year. You know, don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, you know, it's not a surprise. He wants Manu. If he had a fit Manu in there, uh, yeah. that suddenly looks a bit different, doesn't it? And, yeah. uh, you know, I personally think that the best midfield combination in in, in England is is Manu and, uh, and Henry Slade. I think they're a brilliant combination yeah. of whoever you pick at fly harper let's say you pick marcus smith let's say for the sake of argument you know you, he'd have the target he'd have the passer he'd have the runner he had the left foot yeah. the option you've got you've got a, the perfect balance so you know and then you've got you've got a really good young uh fullback in, in Stewart, as yes, you say you've got sure. a, 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 actually we haven't mentioned it but i, I thought that uh young english scrum off uh, jack van portfleet i thought he was uh yeah i, I thought he was really very, good very promising and uh mm. you know he he's he, he really has got I sort of picked him out a while ago as one to watch, and it was, but I, but I have to say I didn't see it coming this this swiftly. So um, you know he's made a difference. Mm. I, the only thing I'd say is that I thought that the other person we haven't mentioned, that guy Porter, who had a, again had a had a good game because he gave England sort of what they want—a little bit more straight running, a little bit more hustle, a little bit more mm. sort of stuff going on. You know, not always eye catching, uh, but actually I, I thought that was another reason why why maybe Smith and Farrell looked a little bit happier because they had a little bit of a foil, you know? So yeah, yeah. ask your question. Does he know his best side? Uh, I think he's probably got a fair idea about his best, um, best pack pretty much give or take the back row. Um, uh, yeah, Billy Wunderpola coming back, you know, if he can, if he can kick on, then that's a big plus. Um, mm. Yeah. They're not scoring enough tries. Their attack is still a work in progress, but I suppose, I suppose if you can graph that on, uh, to something that's already solid, you're fine. I think where the problem has been, it's been all over the shop for 18 months and, and no signs of progress. So if he can come home and go, hey, that, that was a flicker there, wasn't it? That was a glimmer. That was finally, finally, you know, right. finally I might find what I'm looking for. So, yeah, and, and as we know, he's not bad as he, Japan in 2015. And, uh, you know, he, he he's prepared the odd World Cup side before. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how it plays out. In Sydney on on Saturday, we um, how the the reaction from both sides I think will be will be fascinating this weekend. Yeah, you know, obviously the Wallabies got a lot of work to do. Both sides are looking to try and string together, you know, not so much one game to the next, but but just a period of play to the next period of play. It's been <laughs> it's been really detached. So yeah, it will be really interesting to see um, how the third test plays out at the Sydney Creek Ground on Saturday night. Rugby on the Raw. Rob, there's always overreaction in New Zealand to an all-black loss, but um, how have you guys in, in the British media seen their performance this series? Well, to be honest, you, you, you look at it, certainly the second test, you look at it like anybody else. That just didn't look like the all-blacks. If you, no. if you stuck another, another, if you stuck another coloured jersey on them, you'd have gone... Oh, this lot! You know they don't. They just don't mm. see. They seem to be panicking. It was all the you know we can talk about cards and and the impact of referees and TMOs and all that sort of thing. But they just didn't look uh, as calm and collected and sure of themselves as as uh, as a, as, a, as an all black side. Leo normally looks, doesn't it? Mm. And so 
Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I think I think that doesn't matter which country you're from, whether you're from Mars, Pluto, or or Earth. They just didn't look <laughs> didn't look themselves, did they? No, no, they certainly didn't, Harry. It, it almost I, I I thought on Saturday night watching a bit of the replay back. I didn't see it all live, but it felt to me the thought that came to my mind was that they're playing into the narrative about Ian Foster as a coach. They're, they're playing into the criticisms of, of Foster as a coach. Yeah, I think, you know, unlike uh, Eddie's England that accepts everything he says, every excuse, I think in New Zealand, they don't really indulge excuses for very long. I think Ian Foster is in trouble if he loses this. Um, and I think it matters. That's a series that really matters. I think Ireland came to play a real series. They're not doing what, you know, South Africa did or Scotland's doing. And in some cases, Australia, by experimenting and seeing young players, they came with their best team. They're playing a 37-year-old yes. fly-off every minute they can, and they want yes. to win a series in New Zealand. And they came, I think they came with that intent. If you listen to their players giving interviews before uh, the series, that's really all they talked about is, we want to beat New Zealand in New Zealand to prove something, to set the, the record right. I think you know Rob's onto something in his most recent article in The Guardian. He talked about parity and how everyone can beat everyone. I just don't know if New Zealand has... Um, that, you know, even that aura that they used to have where they can turn it on and just, you know, blow you away. It happened in the first test, but it doesn't look like it's um, perpetual. I think it looks, it looks a little bit intermittent. Um, they're intermittent scoring uh, team. And I think the other question is, is this a really good New Zealand team or not? I think maybe it's, we can bash Ian Foster all you want, but maybe it's not as good a team as we used to. And the tight five, they've had a tight five problem for a while now. And so they kind of are playing like a, uh, you know, in a three-match or four-match uh, stretch, New Zealand is sort of a two-and-two two team, two-and-one, one-two. They don't seem to be able to just put six matches in a row together where they score 35 points and blow you away. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was cops chasing robbers. I think the Irish played like robbers, like good bank robbers. Uh, they had a good gang. They rarely got caught. Uh, and I feel like New Zealand was watching the game, reacting, um, that they, they were they were naive, and maybe the 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 sledge by Peter Armani maybe it is a microcosm of. I mean, yeah. Richie McCall wouldn't get done that way, you know. Like I'm, yeah. I'm gonna rob your bank, you rob my bank, I'll rob six of your banks. And um, <laughs> I think Ireland also used four to five kickers. I, the North kicked better on the weekend. The four and zero yeah. for me is about kicking. In every case, the Northern Hemisphere team outkicked. And Ireland used four or five kickers to work New Zealand into different weird angles. Yep. Um, and I think that was very effective. And we have to give Andy Farrell uh, and Johnny Sexton, the coach on the mm. field, uh, credit that they saw that and they didn't let New Zealand run in the third channel that they had in the first test. I mean, they were constricted and they were um, reactive. And Ireland was mm. the was the uh, the first actor, you know, the protagonist. Yeah. And yeah. New Zealand was just kind of going, ooh, what's happening to us here? Yeah, they, they almost had, at times, it, it almost looked like Ireland were playing with um, almost a rugby league type of attack. They, yeah. you know, Sexton would yeah. swap sides, but, but they, would, they, would, they would have a left side attack and they'd have a right side attack. And, you know, Mac Hansen would pop up at second receiver and, and feed, uh, feed Ringrose at 13 down, down the right-hand side. And then all of a sudden they'd play back to the, to the left and there's Sexton going, you know, going out. You know, 12, 15 outside, outside wingers. Excellent they, point, my merry co-host. They, they, that they was really, a really good, that's a good take. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they really just sort of, they went, yeah. okay, we're going to go left, then we're going to go right, we're going to go left, we're going to go right, and you've just got to defend us. And it's it's really it's really interesting to see it, it, it played out that way. And so I think it means, Rob, that we we probably can't under understate Ireland's confidence Going, going to Wellington. I mean, they'll be wary, no doubt. Everyone expects bounce back from New Zealand after you beat them, but Ireland's confidence has probably never been higher. No, and, and they, you know, that first test just didn't go, you know, at, at all well for various reasons. I, I, mm. I've got to say, you show Sam Whitelock. You know, is, is just a, such a, a, a massive figure for the All Blacks, isn't he? And when he, and when he's not there, you really notice him when he's not there. Um, mm. One or two others, obviously. I. I, I I think it is very interesting if you're Ireland, you know, and you've already, you've just, you've just won in New Zealand the first time in your history. 
um it's it's an interesting psychological thing isn't it oh wow didn't we weren't we great well hang on oh, oh hang on there's a series so but you've yes. got to <laughs> yeah. get up Everest again haven't you and getting up yeah. Everest twice in two weeks uh i think they do be absolutely sensational result i mean i really really do you know we can all talk down new zealand we can all we can all sort of pick holes in the odd all black um selection here and there or, or here and there but if you're in a best of three series in new zealand don't care who you are you know what year it is that's a that's a real achievement oh absolutely it, the fact that it's you know very 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 rarely been done in the history of new zealand rugby tells you what sort of achievement it will be we've touched on peter omani and he's getting better with age it seems he just uh it's it seemed a few years ago that that his lot for Ireland was going to be in the you know in the number nineteen or number twenty jersey, just coming off the bench for pinch hitting for fifteen or twenty minutes. But he's been excellent this series, starting Harry, and and the fact that he was front and center when there was a bit of you know extras and afters and all that sort of thing tells you that he's still very much the leader of this Irish pack. Yeah, it's interesting. James Ryan was the understudy captain, right? And then it seemed mm. like Peter Armani jumped over that. I think James Ryan is working on his own game, you know, because Ireland played different systems and it didn't really fit James Ryan. Peter Armani seems to be the guy, if it's all bad, if you're, you know, if you uh, wind up with a dead body, you know, Peter Armani is your teammate, you would call, you know, he's like that yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what, take what care do I do, things. Peter? Yeah. I'd say, don't worry I, about that. You and know, he'd say, I, I know someone. I know someone. <laughs> but uh, I, I will say he does seem particularly suited for a fit for purpose against the All Blacks because the All Blacks have been trying to find their six after uh, Jerome Kaino. Kaino. Yeah. And, and so I think in a way he's that certain... You know, he could be he could be wrong, but he's strong. He's the guy on the horse that rides in and says, I don't really care what's happening here, but we're going to swing. And um, I think that all blacks are still trying to find their Peter Armani. And so in a way, it fits better, you know, than if you say yeah. Peter Armani versus the box. It may not really work that well, but against the all blacks. I think it does. Um, I would say that Rob is onto something about the psychological hangover, though. It, is Ireland pleased and just kind of happy now that they won in New Zealand mm. or are they ready to go that extra painful mile, you know, and, and are their bodies up, up for it? Because I, I would I'll mm. guarantee you one thing, all blacks will come out to just um, seriously fuck someone up this week. And, uh, and you cannot live in, in New Zealand and walk around and be there without the feeling that the whole country gets really, I mean, the, the auntie at the corner store is going to yell at you if you didn't mm. uh, come hard. So I think they're going to see, the the real all blacks this time have you ever met johnny sexton i i can guarantee you that he'll be uh you know we talk about everest again i mean he's he's there already on, on sort of oh for sure Saturday no, no. Night, Sunday morning yeah, you know i yeah. think he's not a worry i think, I think yeah. to be honest for, for me it's his key that that's that's where it begins and ends sexton stays on the pitch for 80 minutes Ireland will have a or eighty minutes, but sixty-five. Ireland will have a really good chance. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 I think th- I think that's right. I think Sam Kane will make it his personal mission to show that uh, it, it, that maybe he's not Richie McCaw, but he's going to hunt Sexton. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. There's going to be, uh, there is going to be New Zealand bounce back. There always is. There it always is. There will be a reaction, and then there will be a reaction because there has to be one. That's the that's the reality of it this weekend. It's going to be fascinating. Um, we should go to, to South Africa. Um, do Wales dare to dream in Cape Town, Rob? Have they got a, have they got another performance like that in them? I feel tired just watching Wales. They've been incredible. Isn't they? you know, just, just imagine, imagine if you're playing in the back row for Wales at, at the moment. Imagine how you're feeling. You know, it's well, we're here in the in the middle of the week. I mean, imagine, imagine what it must be like. So, I I think the spirit will be willing. It's a question of whether the you know the flesh is is strong enough. I actually think they because South Africa. If we're you know we're being brutally honest. They're not playing enough. They're not. They're not giving them. They're just. They've got one, you know, one option. It was the same with the Lions. They, 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 you know, nearly lost a series against the Lions. That actually, yeah, the Lions could have won if they played a little bit better. Um, that you know, you can't be that one-dimensional. I don't think. I know we all know about the Springbok DNA. We all know about what they're very good at. If that avenue is blocked off, then well, you've got to find something else. And I think that's what Wales have realised. They said, right, if we if we park the bus or whatever other. Mm. 
uh, uh, sort of you know analogy you want to draw. But I, th- I think yeah, if they can block off what South Africa are good at, then yeah, of course they've got a chance. They've got a great goal kicker, and uh, it could be very close again. Yeah, yeah. I, I had we, we've just touched on this with Ireland, and I, and I immediately thought of the question that I already had here waiting for Wales. Is there a risk they've played their final a week early? I guess that's the big question about them this weekend now, isn't it? Yeah, but we're going down to Cape Town. They're back down in Cape Town. You come down from altitude. Yeah. I think that, that gives Wales a little bit more of a chance. Um, just psychologically, I, th- I think there's, it's 80 minutes, isn't it? Yes, everybody's mm-hmm. had a long season. Everybody's, uh, uh, but, but not everybody has. You know, people like George North, you know, haven't played much rugby. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've, got, they've got some players on that side who are, who are also, you know, relatively young internationals. So, no, I... I think the, the, what you can say is that, um, that, that they've been up for it for the first two tests. I, I can't see that changing. It, it might not be quite enough, but I don't think it'll be through lack of effort or uh, mm. desire. Harry, um, it looks like uh, the box have they've probably ended their tweaking. They've, they've made 11 changes to the side they've named uh, on Tuesday, um, but it actually looks like a pretty decent side, doesn't it? Even if Sabetha plays... Hundredth test, uh, Bongi Umbanambi's fiftieth. What did you What did you make of Jacques Nibina's side? Uh, okay, so good job, Wales. <laughs> uh, like Rob says, if you want to run forty-one meters from forty carries after sixty yeah. minutes and pretend that that's like a, a wonderful display, fine. But it's just chop tackle, idiot. Like, give me runners, one-off runners all day long. Idiot lives for that, and then Rafael over the ball every third or fourth phase. And, you know, Angus Gardner saying advantage, 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 and then three, killing all the tries. But it's guerrilla warfare, and it's very tiring. So, um, for me, the whole thing was disrespectful to the Bloemfontein fans. You know, Wales was not disrespected. <laughs> Wales got their victory, and, and good on them. You know, playing yeah. the Bloemfontein guys shelled out their rands to, to see Cheslin Colby, and they got to see Kirtley Aronson. They wanted to come see Lucanio <laughs> Arm, and they got to yeah. see Jesse Creel. They wanted yeah. to come. The ladies wanted to come see the Damien Dialende, and they got to saw Andre the Giant. So, yeah. uh, Faf, no, Mr. Hendrickson. I think, you know, Lewis versus Marvin, Bongi and the boys, come on, let's have a real test match and see. But I do think this is the thing about rugby, which is so beautiful. If you have an incoherent attack, it doesn't matter if you have 60% of the ball, 55% of the territory, you can do all these phases and have all this, but, but you just need one guy, like Tommy Raphael, the revelation, and he can kill your attack. Meet mm. David Pocock, Senator Pocock. Yeah. Um, so Who cleaners, I bumped into cleaners, on the weekend. Really? So cleaners I have did. to come and they have to come the right way in the right place. And so I think Mr. Rafael is going to be cleaned this weekend. And he's going to be cleaned very, very hard. And uh, I, I think that's the non-negotiable. And yes, you can win with one style. It can be unimaginative. Uh, talk to Djokovic beating uh, Kyrgios. I mean, you can, if you yeah, do what Kyrgios, you do yeah. well, uh, a French-South African match in the World Cup is going to be brutally unimaginative. And no, <laughs> both, both teams are going to say, you play with the ball. No, you play with the ball. Yeah, no, you yeah, play yeah. with the ball. Yeah. But Wales yeah. does it very well. Wales is stubborn, and I love watching Lydia chop tackle. That's great. I just wish it was against another team. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating to see it, Rob, because I don't think it's too big a stretch to say that there would have been a train of thought that Dan Lydiot's test career 12 months ago looked like it might have been done. But here he is just making 150 tackles and he was crucial. Well, he's an example to, to, to all of us who've had, you know, a, a long-term injury and, you you know, that doubt in your mind, will I ever, A, get back, B, be half as good as I was before and C, have, have the desire to do it. And he's done all, all those three things. And I, I, he's a hero. I as I say, I don't think you can underestimate how much Mentally, mental strength that takes, even yeah. leaving aside the the um, you know the tactical ability to do those chop tackles that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we should talk about Scotland. I mean, to, to come back from a 26-18 loss in the first test to win 29-6, and even the small snippets of highlights that I've seen of that uh, that second test, the Scots were utterly dominant, uh, and so. I, I think they win this third test pretty comfortably. Is anyone going to tell me differently? Well, I, we're in a we're in another interesting venue. I you know you don't quite know this is pretty, these are pretty pretty tough places to go. You yeah. don't quite know what's going to happen. I I, I wouldn't yeah. be again like the All Blacks. They don't they don't you know, if you get out 
you know, out passioned maybe one week. It doesn't tend to happen two weeks in a row. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would say be a proper ding dong. Uh, I think the Scottish forwards, by all accounts, had a had, had a really good really good show, didn't they? I think two or three yeah. of them really stood up. And so they're going to have to do that again. It's a little bit. I wouldn't quite compare it to Wales and South Africa, but it, they're going to have to earn it. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. You've seen a little bit of it, Harry. What did you make of it? Yeah, I would say Michael Checker is probably not a happy chappy. Um, yeah, and I would say I would probably say that he's flogging them, and I mean mentally flogging them this week. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think you're going to see. I think like in all these deciders, um, you're going to see. Um, I think it'll be very physical this week in mm. every single one of these. I think there's going to be people who are upset, uh, who've been tongue lashed by a coach and, and they've been told you're not going to go on the plane unless you show me something more. So mm. yeah, I would, I would expect a lot of niggle in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will be interesting. And it's almost a shame that, uh, that France and Japan don't go to a, to a third test because uh, again, the, the, the little bits of highlights and, and we didn't get the game live in Australia, but the little bits of highlights that I've seen at that test. Um, Rob looks like, looked like Japan pushed France for way longer than everyone was thinking. Well, then you, you like to see it. Clearly it's not France's first choice. So no, know certainly that. not. Um, but, you know, the, even taking that into account, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. As I say, I, I love watching Japan play the, the way they yeah. play when they play well, you know, it, it, it's great to watch. Uh, you, you want them to sustain it. You want them to be, to become a force. You want them to be, to be, to be upwardly mobile because that's, that's great for the, for the world game. So yeah, I, I, um, I think they'll t- definitely take stuff out of that. And they've got an interesting yeah. autumn as well. I mean, they're, they're coming to Twickenham first up, for example, that would be, that would be fun if they have a, another good game there. Yeah, it will. And, and I mean, everyone seems to seems to accept that their admission to the rugby championship is going to happen at some point but it, it can't happen soon enough it really can't it would benefit them so much um rob this has been an absolutely fantastic chat i must admit i'm looking at the timer here and i actually can't believe we've been talking as long as, as we have thanks so much for uh, for joining us for a, for a chat um today it's it's been fantastic no problem absolute pleasure and uh here's to a good final weekend the roar Harry, great to speak with Rob Kitson. Um, we've been blessed with with guests all year, and uh, and and Rob's just a, another one to add to the list. I don't know how you can try and fit him in the. In fact, I noticed that you you're not really asking for positions anymore in the Royal Boars fifteen. You, you've got your squad's too big now, isn't it? Well, we like we, we, we like continuity. We feel like people yeah. need to settle into the jerseys. Um, we have some special guests coming up very soon that are still active or just finished playing, mm. and you know some of the people said you know just don't put me in the team right now i'm trying to rehab so we've, we've been sensitive <laughs> to our guests yeah but, yeah. Uh, yeah no our, our team is looking very strong it, it you'll is. see when, it is yeah we're, we're still in preseason though we haven't played any real matches no 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 we haven't played any matches at all have we no that's the thing uh we have got a fantastic weekend of, of test rugby again this weekend new zealand ireland in wellington that's sold out australia england in sydney is all but sold out the scg south africa wales in cape town not at newlands though isn't it this is back at cape town stadium oh uh, yeah the, the big uh, the big stadium although yep, i, I will big... say on the altitude issue i will say this none of the south african players live at altitude they're living in manchester toulouse True. japan Japan, uh, yeah, true. I mean, sail. Actually, it's going to be a relief for them. They can breathe too. I, I, this is a myth yeah. that uh, that you know all these guys. Even Etzebeth, coming from the French Riviera, loves to play at altitude. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, he, he's forgotten what it's like. Yeah, um, Argentina <laughs> playing Scotland in Santiago uh, rolls out that weekend. The Pacific Nations Cup uh, continues in Fiji again around lunchtime on Saturday Australian time. The winless Tonga. Uh, they play Australia A in the first game. Fiji face the unbeaten Samoa, um, who can who can wrap up the, uh, the 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 title. I think there's a cup that's that's awarded. Both those matches again at Churchill Park in Lautoka. Um, on the news front, uh, we've sort of touched on the Wallabies injury crisis, and it is an absolutely a crisis. Lukan Selakai Loto um, has been plucked from south, the South second row in Brisbane Premier Grade Rugby uh, to to answer the SOS. In the Australian second row, Mark Nwanganitwazi has been uh, promoted from the Australia A squad, so he's just 
come back from Fiji to join the Wallabies squad uh, as injury cover with um, so many back three players out. England have elected not to bring in any cover for Murrow, Atoje and uh, Sam Underhill. Um, and that's all about logistics. You're not going to get a player out here in, in time. So that all makes sense. Uh, we've sort of touched on the on the rankings. After winning their first Six Nations Grand Slam in 12 years uh, earlier this year, France are now number one in the World Rugby Men's Rankings for the first time uh, in the rankings history. Their win over Japan, followed by the losses uh, by New Zealand and South Africa, was enough to point uh, France to number one. And, and actually, Ireland were sitting there in, in number one, ready to claim it, but that last Will Jordan try bumped Ireland back down to second. So, But either way, it's the first time since the rankings were introduced in October 2003 that the Northern Hemisphere teams have occupied the top two spots. So that's something, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not worried about the, <laughs> the, the French. The French went to number one by beating Japan by five. So these yeah. rankings are rankings are best viewed maybe as a whole, uh, on a moving average of six months or something. But um, yeah, yeah, twelve months. It, it, it can yeah. all shift again. You know, next yeah, week. Oh, it will. It'll shift. Yeah. It'll shift next weekend. So your response of yeah is about right. Uh, <laughs> the Six Nations door is still shut on Georgia, despite their historic twenty-eight nineteen win over Italy on the weekend. Uh, Georgia ranked thirteenth in the world now. Uh, Italy twelfth. Uh, Andre Esterhausen has been ruled out of South Africa's test decider, uh, test series decider against Wales after breaking his hand. Uh, conversely, Wales have also confirmed that Alex Cuthbert will play no further part in the series. Um, he went off early in that second test in Bloom after a, a shoulder injury. So uh, Josh Evans came on for him, but again, no further call-ups there. And the Rugby World Cup qualifying continues this weekend. The USA beat Chile 22-21 uh, down in... Chile on the weekend just gone. The second leg is at Glendale, in Glendale, Colorado this weekend. So it's an aggregate thing, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And that's a, yeah. that is a real mile high. That's a mile high venue. That altitude will matter a lot for the Chile. Yes. It's in the Denver area, but it's basically the, the heartland of American rugby. Yeah, cool. Righto. Anyway, that is episode 25 of the Raw Rugby Podcast done and in the can. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials and don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands. The Thursday 2 up will be back to kick off this weekend's review of Test Rugby Deciders. The site has you covered for live scores and blogs once again across the weekend. And Harry, Jim Tucker and myself will be back on Saturday night with another instant reaction pod after the third test uh, at the Sydney Cricket Ground between the Wallabies and England. Remember, the pod is on all the major platforms. So like, follow, subscribe uh, as required to make sure that the new app drops into your notifications as soon as it's live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis and opinions. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us.